Well, welcome back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And bonjour, je m'appelle Sam. Oh, okay. that's, that's French, I can, I can do yeah, that one. That was yeah. off the top of my head because I realised, as usual, that you hit record and I hadn't thought of anything. I don't think you've done French before, though. I was hoping I hadn't. I don't think, I think you've done Spanish and I think you did Portuguese. I did Greek. You did Greek. Recently. So we're doing a bit of a travel around Europe on your yeah, languages. Yeah, I did, um, I did a, a, a far, far away You one, did do a far away Mongolian. You did, did do a Mongolian, yeah. We did yeah. Mongolian. Now you've done French, so you've used one of the closer ones. Yeah, I need to start going further afield. Maybe a bit of Gaelic at some point. That's still quite close, though, isn't it? Well, it is, but I mean, if you've started with the closest stuff, you can just keep going further and further out. Yeah, Martian. Yes. (laughs) So so first off today, we'll we'll cover up a little bit of news, and then we've got a listener question that came in just as I was sort of drawing up what I wanted to do for this podcast. So it worked quite nicely, I thought, instead of just starting off with that topic, we'll get their question in, and uh, and then we can go off on our main subject. News this... well... Is it this? It's not really this week. Well, it's this week for us. For this week for us. It's not this week for you guys. Your fortnightly <laughs> news from Miles and Sam. Uh, Citroen, fair play to them. After me sort of having a bit of a go, I'd probably just to you, I'm not sure I've said it to the listeners, but a lot no. of manufacturers are just making expensive cars. As in, they're just all aiming for the same customer, which is the premium level customer, I'd say, from a dealership standpoint. When I used to sell cars, some people are just there to buy a first car. Uh, they're just there to buy a utility, really. They just need something, and they don't want to spend loads of money on it. Then you have people who are looking for a mid-range car. They're not particularly interested in cars, but they do want something that has nicer specification, if you like. And then you've got your premium customers. They're either into sports cars, they have a love of cars, so they want to spend more money on them because they want something particular, or people that have got a bit more money to spend and they want the higher specification. And a lot of manufacturers are just aiming for those because they have the biggest profit margins. The problem is, I would say that's a shrinking, to an extent it's a shrinking market at the moment because we know everything that's going on in the world, with after you know the recent events of, I don't want to say just COVID, but the last couple of years have meant that people have a bit less money in their back pocket today. And usually you would have like cheaper cars coming through and that's what would you know, grab people through the dealership door. And they seem to be disappearing. But Citroen have released a C3 model. You have to go on their website to purchase it, but it's kind of, you just go on the website, click what you want, and then you go to the dealer and you say... Oh, so you can't just go to the dealer and so you say, I'd like to buy this cheap car, please. No, it's an odd one. Well, I think that dealers, if I was working at a dealer, I know what I would do. If someone came in and said, oh, I've heard about this cheap car, I would you'd, say, you'd open your computer. Yes. <laughs> and I'd say, okay, well, we can drive. So it's a Citroen C3, and it's in, oh, what was it called? I want to say Pop, but it's not Pop. I think it's called Go Spec. Right. I'll check this out in a minute as you talk about whatever you want to talk about for the news, Sam. But yeah. I'll double check the specification. But it's going to be £12,995. It's got a touchscreen. It's got the standard 1.2 engine that you get in them. It's a brand new car. The only thing you can really add... Uh, there's, I think, six colour choices. The standard colour, I think, is a, a metallic grey or something like that. So it's not bad for for standard colours. I, I just think they've brought something to market that actually a lot of people want. It's but you were re- saying this is replacing the C1, effectively, isn't it? Because the C1... Because so instead of scrapping the C1 and saying, we're just going to sell this car that's now 20 grand, I imagine it used to be, or something around I think there, you, whatever it was. I think the cheapest was like 15 and a half, 16 before. That's, okay. That was the entry. But instead of... Getting rid of the C1 totally, they're now saying, well, we've got rid of the C1, but we're actually, instead of 
instead of giving just, up on that market. Yeah, we're yeah. actually just going to sell something that we already make, but cheaper. Yeah. So we're actually we're just saying we're just going to make less money on this car, but hopefully people will buy it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the first case in many years of car companies actually just saying <laughs> just we're going to help it. out the buyers. <laughs> the, the odd thing is because a lot of manufacturers are going to go, and they are, to be fair to them, they are being forced by laws to go either hybrid or electric. Prices are just shooting up, and the, their their argument is well, we can't sell a cheap car that has all this extra technology that it has to have at a cheap price. But Citroen has sort of seen that for the next few years at least. You don't have to be mild hybrid or hybrid or anything else. There's no law that says you can't just sell a small engine, petrol car to people to go and just come into the dealership. But as I say, their thing is uh, you've got to do it online because they're trying to promote the fact they now have like an online store. Right, okay. A lot of manufacturers are kind of doing this. You know, they have their configurators, yeah, which yeah. we play out around all the time. Yeah. Uh, but now they've sort of turned them into shops. Okay, so car salesmen are now just sitting there worrying for their jobs that are yeah. going to be... I mean, some people will be happy about that. They'll be happy they will. with it. But other people will not be happy because you're not going to go in there and get a bargain. No, anymore. this is what I say. So the, the price is now yeah. the price. People who complained about car salesmen, and I do know there was there are some people out there that you know shouldn't be in a job. But well, it the, works both ways, though. It, it, exactly, it does. Sometimes you'll get ripped off, but then other times, if you know how to work the system, you'll get a bargain. Yeah. Like, for example, you did with my mum. Yeah, because if you, if you know what the right thing yeah. to say and you're willing to work around a deal with people, the other thing is that a good salesman, when they see someone who's umming and ahhing about making a purchase, will realise that there was actually a, a sort of thing that used to run through. It's either, I used to be, this used to get drilled into me when I was at sort of 18, 19 years old and I just started out in car sales. Was It's either you, it's either the car, or it's the price. Figure out what it is. <laughs> and if it's you, get out. <laughs> the amount of sales managers that would say that to me, I was like, oh, better make sure it's not me then. But you'd say that to customers. You'd be like, is it me? Is it the car or is it, are we, you know, are we just not there on price? And a lot of the time people would be honest and they'd say, look, it's, it's nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with the car. I just think we're a bit too far away on price. Yeah. And if they're going to walk on that, they don't, you don't need to then say, oh, well, if it's this and start negotiating. Me as a salesman, it's like, okay, if it's just price, if, you, if you're happy with everything else, let's talk about what price we can get it to. Now that disappears when you're online. And I love that I see some manufacturers saying, you don't have to negotiate. We offer the best price. Well, no, they, to you they always say that. Of course they do. If I walked, if you walk into any shop, they always say we offer the best price. And then you walk into some supermarkets and they say, oh, we're price matching this week. So you're saying you weren't the best price last week. It's not, it's not, they're not going to come out and say we offer an average price. Sometimes yeah. we overcharge for things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is. I think this is all coming off the some of this electric car companies and stuff that are saying, oh, it's horrible, isn't it? You go to a dealer and they mess you around and they rip you off. And you're like, look, some people do get ripped off. It, it gen- but it happens in every industry. Yeah, of course it does. Some people are overpaying for their electricity bills. Some people are overpaying for, you know, they bought some nice clothes or a TV or whatever else. And actually, it was going to go on sale next week and no one told them. Yeah, it's exactly. It's common common practice. So I think that actually what people are losing out on is that ability to, to really hammer home a deal. Don't yeah. mind it so much when it's just the cheapest car. Well, the thing is, it's a car. It's not like you're going and buying some clothes where you go online and you say, well, I'd like to buy this jumper. Okay, well, that's £50. Pounds. Yeah, and you're just yeah. like, well, 50 quid. Yeah. If, if I lose 50 quid in a month, well, it's 
I like this jumper. It looks I nice. would really rather not. <laughs> You'd rather not buy any clothes ever. No. Um, but it's it's not like it's that product. It's not are you going to buy some bread or a jumper or no, it's the second biggest like purchase yeah. for the majority of people. Their car yeah. is that you buy a house if you, well, you if you can you, afford to you, buy it. And you barter on a house. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, someone this is the thing. says right, this house is two hundred and ninety-five thousand. Okay. Well, we'll offer you two hundred and eighty-five. Yeah. Well, we don't accept that. Okay. Uh, well, we'll, we'll offer you two ninety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll take two ninety. This is but the... if you had to buy a house online, the price is three hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. And okay. I, well, I'd like to pay two ninety. Well, that's not what it's. For yeah, sale. that's that's not what's not going to happen. So you know, I, I think uh, let's say for me, it's just a case of if they're doing that and they're doing it with the cheapest car, not so bad. But if they start doing it with the expensive cars, which I've seen some luxury manufacturers saying, "Don't worry, we're offering this price and we've checked it and this is a great price," and you think, "No, I know it's not." Yeah, because exactly. I work in this yeah. industry and I know the price of that luxury car you're selling is five thousand more than uh, you know X manufacturer, and I know that there's not too much between your cars. But for the average buyer who doesn't get to drive lots of different cars or write about them or you know speak about them or spends every waking well I say working hour looking into them, they're not going to know the difference necessarily. So yeah, you're going to end up being down the sort of petrol prices route. Where yes. each individual garage decides what they want to sell petrol for. Yeah. Maybe we should bring in bartering for petrol. Bartering for you petrol. You go to people and idea. say, well, I've been down to Tesco's and I've seen it's £1.56 at Tesco's. You're charging £1.70. Prove to me why your fuel's better. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, it's, we can't, sir. Well, I'll pay £1.56 and yeah, exactly. I'll be on my way. Thank you very I'll much. I'll tell you what, if I could barter for petrol, I don't think I'd leave a petrol. I'm st- I'd be like, <laughs> I'm starting at a penny. So we can't <laughs> sell it at a penny. We've got taxes to pay. Okay. I'll start at 10 pence. I'll work, let's work our way from there. Yeah, you'd have the idiots like that. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just annoys me. I, I, I think I whinged to you when I got here today that I went to a petrol station that didn't have any unleaded. And right. I, was, I needed fuel on my way to work. So I had to get super, which was 176. I come to the petrol station down the road from you today and normal unleaded is 156. Yeah. So you're And going... you're saying super is 163. Yeah. So why is it 13 pence more from garage to garage? Yeah, I'd actually paid. I mean, if I came here and got a standard unleaded, I would have I paid twenty p a liter less. Okay, which is quite a lot. Yeah, when you think about it, it's quite a big difference to to be paying. I think oh, it, it works is. out about tenner in total. Uh, so seven p a liter. If you've got a four, that's twenty pence difference. Sorry, twenty pence difference over fifty liters. It's ten quid, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. So it's a tenner less, which doesn't seem like too much in the grand scheme of life, but. You're well, paying no, an extra but, tenner per But tank. you're already paying about 25-30p a litre more than more you were than paying you be, about yeah. six months ago. So, you know, it, it's just compounding the problem. I don't mind. If, if it's a couple of pence, I'll accept it. But I know that we probably need to move on because we binge about petrol every week at the moment. But if yeah. it's a couple of pence difference, it doesn't matter because it ends up being a pound or just under a pound. And you think about it, you think, well, a pound's not too much of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. When it starts getting a £10 extra tank Yeah. Or, and like you say, when you're already paying an extra 10, 15 quid per tank. Uh, what, while you're talking about petrol price, Sam, I'm going to just check what... But well, I, I've got I, to the end of my rant now. You should yeah, have been doing it. Do you know what? Doing, I thought, oh, I really do need to check out what that Citroen's called. Because there might be some people out there that actually say, do you know what? I need a new car. I, I don't want to spend lots of money. And I used to come across these people all the time when I, I worked at a main dealer. And people would come in and they'd say, I've seen, you know, either in a newspaper, generally speaking, they were people who were buying a new car every five-ish years. Right. Okay. So they, you know, their warranty had gone. They, they weren't replacing their car constantly, but they got a bit nervous. They were 
a few years out of warranty. Yeah. They, they didn't know too much about cars, and they it was a you know it was just a product to them. Yeah. And so they wanted. Well, for some people it is. For some people it. Well, I mean, it is for me at the moment. It's just a general. I need to move from this area to this area in this time frame. So yeah. I just need something that's going to do it faster than my legs. Yeah, faster than my you know, legs. Doing my forty mile commute with my just my legs would take me more than my work shift. I think. Yes. So, oh, that's incredible. When you search Citroen, you have... bad news, guys. Miles appears to have a tab open. He's looking at holidays. Which means uh, he's running away from the podcast for a few weeks. So you might have to put up with just me for some episodes. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a honeymoon. Oh, I, can't. I, can, I can see the visitor numbers, the <laughs> listener numbers just diving. Yes. <laughs> thought yeah. of that. Oh, they, they tell you all about the car. I think it's so weird. When I was, I was doing an article on this, and I knew exactly what it was, and now they just say Citroen C3. And it is a Citroen... Well, yet again, my... Oh, it's Citroen C3 U... With an exclamation mark. U as in Y-O-U. As in Y-O-U, capital letters, all of them, Okay. exclamation mark. So again, a bit like the VW, but they're just shouting at you. I know at home you can't see this. Citroen C3, U, with an exclamation mark. I'll show you, Sam, what it it is. So you get LED lights as standard and a few other I know you're not a massive fan of it. I don't think it's the ugliest car ever. I don't know. My problem wasn't with the C3. C4 Cactus was the problem I had with, because that was the one, didn't fit in it, had steering control of a duck. And it just had, <laughs> uh, it was an awful, awful vehicle. But that's, I, I, I'm going to remain. Um, you've got a family, a family because, member that's yeah. <laughs> my fiance's parents yeah. own them. Uh, I think I think her dad's actually got a C3. Okay, C3 more cactus. Oh well, but that's the standard colour that you get it in. I don't think that's it's too not bad. bad. It's I like mean, a grey. I said to you for twelve thousand pound, a thirteen or thirteen nine nine five. I yeah. don't think it's that bad. No, you're going to get you get stuff inside it because we were comparing it with the other thing that's around that price range for new, which was a Dacia. Yes, Daisy is about, I think it's about 500 quid cheaper or something like that. But you get an interior from the 50s. Uh, the, yeah, the problem with, I mean, Daisy is, if you just, again, if you just want a product that you can draw around, yeah. a Daisy is an old Renault. But most people do they want so. a product, but they want a product that's got some stuff inside it. Yeah, and Most people this, aren't bothered about a car now, they're bothered about the, the in-car entertainment. What are they getting inside like. of it, yeah. And no, I think this, as I say, because Citroen, because the C3 is always already spec'd up to some degree, they couldn't take. Yeah, well, it's a bit like buying a Seat, isn't it? You're going to get more in a Seat than you would in a, in a in Volkswagen, Volkswagen equivalent. Yeah, it's the same. You know, if you go for a Skoda. Yeah, but if you get a Skoda, I imagine they don't have trim levels. It's just <laughs> this is the product. It's got everything we Sam, have. <laughs> Skodas now. Some Skodas are very expensive uh, yeah, because well. what's it? Well, they've gone electric. Some of their cars. Oh, okay. I think the Enyaq is starting at around. I don't want to give the wrong price, but I think it's starting around forty thousand pounds. No. I'll tell you what, that can segue us in nicely into something that I know you wanted to mention in the news. Yeah, you can do I, it. Yeah, yeah, you go. Well, no, it. I don't know much of the details, but I know what I want to whinge about it. I told Sam yeah. earlier this week about a vehicle that I was um, doing a, an ask for in my other job, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but it was the BMW iX. And the BMW iX is going to replace... So BMW, basically, if you think of the 3 Series, the 5 Series, the 7 Series, the X3, the X5, so you know in your head... I'm talking about BMWs, and that's their lineup. They are now going to do an i, and then something range. So, for example, they do the iX3. That's an all-electric version of the X3. They do the i4, which is like a four-series saloon. Oh, okay. I haven't seen one of those yet. Uh, that is, is that's actually a pretty good car. It's gone straight up against Tesla, and most motoring journalists agree they've done a better job of it. Well, that's good. Because I mean, the fit and finish. They haven't completely lost their mind like they have with whatever this... What was this one called? This one's called the iX, which is right. a big, big car. It's basically it's, an X7. 
Yeah, it's effectively the all-electric X7. Yeah. And I said Miles to you... Miles will run through the specs of it with you when he's... Yeah, so ENIAC... He's, he's looking at it. Oh, well, the ENIAC starts at £35,000 and goes all the way up to £46,000 for a Skoda. Jeez. So, electric cars are expensive. Um, but the iX7... What do, what do you want to know about it? So, what did I tell you? There was two... Me the price... So there's two levels or you so can I, have it at. So you, you knocked me over several times. Yeah. Once I'd recovered from you telling me the price, which is... Uh, it's £90,000. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's for the 105 kilowatt battery. It's slightly cheaper if you go for the smaller battery, okay. which is, I think, 75, 70. Oh, that's that's very reasonable then. Yeah, well, okay, but then check once, once I'd recovered from that, you told me about the battery, which was the thing... Because it's it got, just doesn't make any sense. So what I what I hope but you agree with me here. You're I just, do. You're just less ranty about no, it than I am. What what I hope a lot of our listeners get is when we're trying to help at least give you an understanding of electric cars are coming along. There's no changing that. And actually, if you go and drive one, you, unless you're really into driving it. Well, but, but a, we are into driving, and we enjoyed that van. We did. So that's why I say it, it's actually... Not, we're, not, we're not against electric cars at all. No, and the electric experience, depending on what you're used to... If you're used to a Lotus Elise, it is not going to compare at all. No, but if, you're, <laughs> if you are in just a car, and, if you've got and a your, golf, ca- your car is your car... Yeah, if you've got a Golf that at the moment has an automatic gearbox, and someone swapped it with the electric one, you, would be, you wouldn't be hard-pressed to notice the difference, but you wouldn't feel like you've lost anything, apart from a lot of extra money. Because it's the price gap. Yeah, for example, my friend who who, who does a actually slightly longer commute than I do to my old job. Um, I pass him actually most mornings going the opposite yeah, way now. Yeah, so I'm going yeah. to my new job and he's coming to where we both used to work. But he does, he's he got a uh, a diesel A3. Okay. Automatic. Oh, I used to have it. Oh, okay. But that, that would be a candidate for something that if you replace that with electric, I don't yeah. think you'd notice too much I, I think you'd be much... I think actually you'd be happier because I owned a diesel Audi A3 about... Yeah. Well, I don't is, know how long ago I think it was, is but... a... Off the top of my head, it's around an 11 plate, I think. Yeah, so he so would have the same... A generation than yours because it's got the LED... Um, oh, well, he, he's got a facelift of the one I yeah. had, but okay. not, it was the same, it's the same chassis right, as the okay. one I had, a 2-litre TDI. Yeah. And that but it looks really modern, considering it's a because it's, it's got the LEDs. Because it's got the LEDs, and, stuff, and it's yeah. a slightly different shape to the one you had. It's got the, the nicer sort of rear end to it. Well, it's just new bumpers. Yeah. So they they're still working but the it, same it sheet looks, metal, but it, they really it updates. Yeah. Like it's if you said to me that's a sixty-eight or a, or a twenty or a seventy, yeah. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. I, I I don't think you like you said. I think he'd be that would be a candidate for that would be a car that if it was replaced with an electric. You yeah, you would be you fine. Be, you uh, in fact, be bothered about it. you'd be happier because the the big issue with the diesel is a when it's starting and going in the morning, it is a little bit lethargic until it's right. got a bit of temperature in it. And the big selling point is the fuel efficiency and the torque. Yeah. Well, if you if you're looking at fuel efficiency, what you're basically talking is cost per mile. Yeah. So the electric will be less. The electric will be less. At the moment, it won't be a lot less because the electricity prices are so high. But yeah. it will be but a bit less. The, and we, when we we're working on the premise that the entire the world will level out at some point. Yes. And we'll go back a little bit. And you've got talk all the time. The only the yeah. only unless you are really hell bent on doing a hundred and twenty. And Which I, he's not usually doing 120 when I pass him. I'm sure he's not on a, on a Monday <laughs> morning coming to work. <laughs> uh, maybe on a Friday afternoon going... <laughs> yeah, when I pass away. him going home. Yes. But no, you, you wouldn't, for, for the for 99% you're driving, I don't think you'd, you'd miss out. The trouble well, is... I'll tell you what, drop us a message. I won't chuck your name into the podcast, but 
yeah, drop me a message. Let me know what your thoughts are because he usually calls me after he's had yeah. something decent on the podcast when he uh, listens to. But but not okay. Forget a minute for about the cost of actually buying it and stuff like that. If it was just yeah. a straight swap and someone said you're going to keep the same car, we're going to take the diesel engine out, yeah. and stick a battery pack in, yeah. I, I don't think if you, especially if you've got an automatic one, I I, I think actually really is only benefits going. For especially you if he, I mean, he drives his commute is about an hour a day. So yeah, that's tough going if you yeah. It's a few more miles, but it's just that, unfortunately, he's got to do... Mine's pretty much just an A-road all the way, whereas yeah. he has to do a bit of countryside driving. So, See, if you were to stop starting at a diesel engine, I just what I find is it the noise and the vibrations and things would probably be a lot more wearing on you. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been, he's taken me, he's picked me up and taken me to the pub a couple of times yeah. from my house, and it's a very nice car to be in. Oh, yeah, I bet. Um, well, I'd say I, I had one, just not yeah, that fast. I, I don't think he has to do too much stop starting. So, but I, I see. I don't see. I mean, you might you might disagree with me, but he, I don't see any disadvantages if he had an electric version of his current car for the same price. No, if it was the same price, yeah, yeah. Then but anyway, fine. well, we digress. We were talking about the well, battery in this. What, what I wanted to try, and, yeah, and what I've tried to tell people a few times on the podcast, and I'll keep doing it because I just think it's easier for you to understand. If you do miles per ten kilowatts. Or 10 kilowatt hours of a battery. So, batteries can usually do about two or three at the minute. We're talking average of what everything's out there, you know, from the sort of Teslas to the BMWs to the little minis and stuff, and that van. Yeah. They're, they're ranging between sort of two, maybe on the upper end, four miles per kilowatt hour or per battery cell. So, if you've got 70, you times it up by 70. If you've got 100, times it up by 100, and you've yeah. got your total range. But no one buys a car at the moment. You know, I, I never sold a car and said, "Well, oh, this 1.5 petrol has got a range of 400 miles, sir. Yeah. I used to say oh, it would do 40 miles to the gallon. Yeah. So an easy comparison is, well, what does it do per 10 kilowatt hours? Okay. So if you get three miles per kilowatt hour, you do 30 miles for every 10 kilowatt hours of battery pack you have. Okay. Now so also, you're effectively doing in old money 30 mpg. But obviously we changed the MPG to... to per kilo- 10 kilowatts. Yeah. Because also, if you think a quick charge, so if you've got a 7 kilowatt hour charger, uh, sorry, 7 kilowatt charger at home, every hour you can put 7 kilowatts in. So if you just need a quick top-up at once, well, a quick top-up, if you've got an hour and a half at home, yeah, you can put 10 kilowatts into your battery, which means you, you now can drive 10 kilowatt hours worth of battery distance. And if it does about 2 or 3 or 4 or 5, so you've got 10 times that, so between 30 and 50 miles. Most people are quite comfortable with that calculation. Yeah. You know, if, well, if I just stop at the petrol station and put a fiver in quickly, and, yeah, exactly. and to, to yeah, get yeah. Me, will I get home on that? Yes, you'll get home on it because you do 40 miles to the gallon. Fiver used to get you about a gallon of fuel. Yeah. Won't anymore. <laughs> but, so it's just easier if for you a drop of fuel now. <laughs> and so for what manufacturers at the moment, they're just putting in bigger and bigger batteries. And so that IX weighs 2.6 tonnes. About the same as a Challenger tank. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem is, 2.6 tonnes, I said to you, if you, it's seven seats. Yeah, so if you've got everybody in the car. Well, for example, if you had seven rugby players in the car, yeah. then you'd plus, actually be at the limit of most people's licences. Plus baggage. Plus baggage, you'd be all, And for, for international... And a full tank. For, for in, obviously, it's electric, so there won't be a full no, tank. No, but, but for, for international listeners, so in the UK, uh, Sam and I's licence, we can drive up to three and a half tonne vehicles. After that, you need a light goods vehicle license, which takes you to seven and a half tons, and then after that, you need a heavy goods vehicle. So yeah. that's a lorry, yeah, or a big truck, mm-hmm. uh, and that's seven and a half tons onwards. So that's the laws in the UK. Now, for some older listeners, you may be able to go up to seven and a half tons 
on your license because you were grandfathered in on the old laws. But for most, I'd say, I can't remember exactly what it is, but if you're below 45 or 50 years old, I think it is. Yeah, so but the majority of, of, yeah. of your drivers. Um, they're, they're limited to three and a half tonnes. So a 2.6 tonne vehicle, hmm. once you start putting in heavier and heavier stuff, you do jut up quite close to that to that limit. But yeah, if you if you were if you had a fully laden version of this car and you had a little trailer on the back, just the sort of trailer you don't need a license for. Trailer you can have another three and a half tons. Oh okay. Yeah. So I know you were where you were going with that. Roof rack. Which is funny because you're the one out of the tour. Yeah, actually have a, a trailer I, I have a trailer license now because the government gave me one. Yeah because I they gave everyone you actually did the, the full <laughs> test and everything yeah. to get it. But if you had a roof rack a roof Ooh, box. Oh, good point. Actually. A loaded you roof were going box. camping. They got a loaded roof box. You've got seven rugby players, and you're all on your way to put a post in. Yeah. Somewhere quickly. So you've got a few bags <laughs> of postcrete on the roof. <laughs> a few bags of postcrete on in the your roof. roof. In your roof box. <laughs> so you've had to lift up this bag of postcrete. Think I could put it in the boot. Well, I'm going to put seven, it on the roof. Fine. Some of them in the boot, but you've got quite a few of them. So they didn't fit in there. How many? You've got seven rugby players in the car. There's not a lot of room for people. Well, they were carrying a bag each. This fictional. Vehicle of seven but, rugby players carrying uh, around bags of sand. It's hypothetically plausible. So you've got seven rugby players. Yeah. So the boot's full because yeah. there's two rugby players in it. And well, there's, there's, it's still got space in the boot. This okay. is a big vehicle. Well, they've got all their rugby kit. So that's in the boot. Right. Okay. Yeah. The big but bags. Yeah. On the way there, Dave, the passenger in the front, yeah. has decided, well, I need to stop off. Quickly. I need, lads, and I need <laughs> some postcrete. <laughs> there's a fence post I need to quickly put up on the way to the game. So, but I need six bags postcrete. Now they're 20 kilograms each. You wouldn't think out of the two of us, I'm the one that's an author and that has to write <laughs> fictional stories. So there's a hundred, you're the there's one 120 that's... kilos on the roof. Yeah, there's 120 <laughs> of postcrete on the roof. In a roof box, so it's safe. <laughs> Plus the roof box, which, what's that way? 20 kilos? I don't know how much you know about a roof box. Oh, I think they're heavier than that. Okay, 50 roof kilos. Roof. Yeah, okay. So that's 170. Well, actually, they're made out of fiberglass and plastic. Although, if it if you've got oh. a roof box made of fiberglass, you've got 120 <laughs> kilos of, of postcrete in there. Yeah, well, if the car's not going to be calling quickly, it's got seven rugby players in it. What's a rugby player weigh on average? 120? 100 Between 120 and 140 for your, sort of, your so bigger lads. So, say about 800 odd kilos. So, you've got almost a thousand kilos in weight yeah so you add on so, so you already bust through your so yeah. the police pull you over excuse me sir you're, you're excuse uh, me sir <laughs> you're dropping <laughs> postcrete bags through your fiberglass roof box and there's seven of you in could you get on the scales we've got here because I think you're above the weight limit Can you just stop at this weigh bridge yeah <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's a but it's hypothetically plausible that that could happen I was going to come, I was going to think of a different example that okay, might be let's more, go with plausible. Your more plausible. No, no, I, I prefer your one now that you've said it. Well, I, I was just thinking when I drove vans while I was at university. Oh, I didn't even think about the tools they'd need to dig the hole to put the post in. Oh, like, the all post those shovels from? and stuff. What about the post? But the post is on the roof rack as well. So we've got four hundred kilos of equipment on the roof, and we've a got solid. Seven solid it's a, unfortunately, he lives on a farm, so it's a solid oak post that he's putting in. I'm not sure this is the vehicle for the job, <laughs> but that's all they've been allowed. They needed a big seven-seater electric vehicle because they play for a rugby team and the rugby team's PR image is we want to be as eco-friendly as possible. So they've gone out and bought a £90,000 BMW. Yeah, it's a company car. As a company it's a vehicle. It's written off as a tax expense. They've, they've put in half the team, <laughs> in, or only the front props as well, only the big lads in this vehicle, filled the room. Well, they all, live, they all live near each other. Yes, it's the, it would, that would make it sense. It would be economical for them to go and pick up the other half no, of the team because no. they live the other side all of the town. All the lighter lads, the fly out and stuff, <laughs> yeah. they live on one side of the town. All the big lads live on the other the side. The manager rides in on a bicycle. 
Yeah, well, that would make the most eco sense, wouldn't it? And let's hope he doesn't get hit by this four-ton vehicle <laughs> driving down the road. Well, it'd only be four tons for half the journey because they're stopping off at Dave's and dropping off half the weight. Well, they've got to go. They've got to go to a weighbridge to to check. Well, if they get in... caught, well, no. What well, if they just want to check they're in the law? Well, they won't be. We know that they won't be. <laughs> Five hundred kilos over them, the limit. One of them might be on a diet. <laughs> anyway. Well, what, hang on, I haven't thought about if they want snacks for the journey. Oh, yeah, well, they're big guys, aren't they? So <laughs> they they've all got food. They've all got, so they've got barbecue either. <laughs> so we're, we were going to have a conversation. <laughs> we were going to have a conversation about the BMW iX, and instead we've got a big SUV. We've got, a, we've got a seven, seven rugby players with an oak post, six bags of post and, and a barbecue. And barbecue smoke streaming out all of the windows. <laughs> I think they would get pulled over. All right, let's go more sensible. Top Gear. Right. Or a variation thereof. They have big camera cars like that sort of thing. They do, yeah. They need an electric vehicle. This is the only electric one they can get. So then the BBC budget. So the big selling point... They need a camera in the back. Yeah, and the big selling point would be that with the big, big battery, 105 kilowatt hours... Yeah. Because we'll come on to what outraged you so much about this vehicle in a second. I'm not bothered anymore. So, so, yeah, so far we haven't even gone to that point. Um, with the big battery, they can do 380 miles. That's the quote from BMW. More like probably 350 real world. But they, you know, it's over 300 miles of range from this vehicle. Yeah. So they've chosen that vehicle, put their camera equipment in. They're now going to find a driver who's got a light goods vehicle license. Yeah, or just no operators. They, they've got the camera in the vehicle, but right. unfortunately they're now at the limit of their licence so no one can drive. So it's a radio-controlled <laughs> camera in the back of this iX7. Or they've got the lightest person, the, you know, the intern, the 15-year-old yeah. intern is now driving the vehicle. With a, with a no headset camera operator, on. Because they can't fit the camera operator in the car because he's too heavy. No, I okay. So he's down the gym. <laughs> what, trying to lose a few pounds? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? They've made a ridiculously heavy car. It is, this is it to get all the batteries in. Now, the, the big issue that I point out to you would be, at home, you are limited to seven kilowatt hours. That means if you think about, you turn all your lights on, your TV on, you're limited per hour, unless you've got a three-phase supply, which realistically, unless you live on a farm or... Yeah, so we're just talking about everyday households. So yours, mine, all our friends, everybody we know, usually you're going to have a seven kilowatt allowance per hour, per hour in your house. Yeah, that's what you can consume. So you because I was asking you about this earlier, what would be like an average use? Of, so you were saying that an average use maximum would be using probably one point five kilowatt. Yeah, I mean, if you think your electricity hour. bill, you get charged per kilowatt hour, and usually yeah. in a day, you probably only use two and a half or three. Yeah. Through a whole day, but it's usually around particular times because ovens are quite. Yeah, ovens. You know, come and put a little washing machine on. Yeah, dishwasher. So, but if you decide to charge your car, that can use all seven kilowatt hours or all seven kilowatts that you've got per hour yeah so you're charging away you've got seven kilowatts going into your batteries it would take 15 hours more like 16 if you were using anything well that's good i spend 16 hours at home a day that's from naught to 100 percent. so realistically what you would probably do is you know you charge up for eight hours have about 50 percent charge go to work come home charge well, that's charging up that's charging up for eight hours with no other things on in the house. No other things on. So you all. can't. You can't have. You the, need to pull your alarm out. Yeah. No. You can't have anything on. No lights. So you got to walk no around lights. in the dark. You can't have the telly on. Yeah. You can't charge your phone. No. The TV can't be on standby. No. So you want to charge. Box, the skybox has to be off, so you can't record it. Oh, you need to pull everything out the walls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But basically, cook. you need to charge up your iPad or iPhone or whatever yeah. you've well, you got. You have to get takeaway as well because you can't cook yeah. dinner. And you need. And you have to walk to the takeaway because you're charging your car. Well, outside. they might be able to deliver to you. 
Oh yeah, okay. You could ring up the local. Well, the door, yeah, but the doorbell won't be connected. No, they need to knock hard. <laughs> yeah. But you can put a note on the thing. Knock hard. Please do not use I've doorbell. I'm charging my car. Yeah, I've shut off all my power. <laughs> um, that seems to me like not an answer. So from that, you would have. If we actually work the maths out, it would cost you at the moment. Electricity rates are outrageous. I just got sent a letter from the energy company that I don't like. Yeah. Telling me, good news, we're putting on these rates across the country. But I actually worked out, I thought, it's quite expensive now. Like I know I know people would say, well, duh. Yeah. But it is what they're quoting. You can, depending on where you are in the country, for a lot of people, you can't re-agree a contract at the moment. So you are stuck on whatever they quote. And I think I was quoted something like 28 or 30 pence per kilowatt hour. I think that's not far off what I got, yeah. I think. So if we think you would need about 16 hours yeah. to put in your 17... So you've had to take the next day off. So yeah. we're talking Sunday night. You've taken Monday off to charge the car. Yeah. So you're that's paying... okay because you're working from home. You can't do any work because no. you can't plug anything in. But if you do it, if you do the maths on per kilowatt hour of the battery and, and how much you get charged per kilowatt hour, to fill that car up with cost you around 35 to 40 pounds which isn't bad because it's less than it would have cost you to fill up with fuel but you'll get 300 ish let's say 350 miles of range now a new x5 that's got that hybrid system yeah. with plug-in bits uh well it'll get a lot more miles than that well, and you wouldn't and have to take monday off to charge your car so you, you wouldn't have got in trouble at work no or you could just buy a newer diesel car and you'll get 500 miles to the tank yeah uh, so it's hard to see any advances to this car. Well, you would have you saved money. With all your rugby mates. The thing is, have you seen the front of it? Did I send you a picture? Uh, no, I've not seen a picture of it. Oh. You can get that up. So while I explain yeah, why go on. terrible You car. can explain your rugby players and their <laughs> post-creep thing. <yeah. laughs> well, no. So if you've got this car, you've got it's Sunday night. You've got to take Monday off because you need to charge the car. It's got zero range and you, you work, stupidly for you, 200 miles away from where you... Okay, it's the it's the world's ugliest car for a start. So it's, at the back. it's striking, I would say. That's, that's Stri- the front. Striking is one word. I, yeah. I'd want to be struck by it, so I didn't have to look at it anymore. Yeah, that's go, it from go the and back. have a look at it, guys. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, it's. If, I mean, some people might like it. It's it looks subjective. better from the back than it does the front. I yeah, think. it looks better from the back. If you if if we're talking about the back of the back of your head as you've turned around yeah. and walked away. If from you're it, if it you're not great. if you're not a big fan of these big BMW grills. I don't think this is the car for you. No. And if you if you like to go to work, well, if you do, if you have to go to work Monday to Friday, it's probably also not the car for you. Um, well, it depends how far away from work you live. If well, you do a ten mile commute, you've got loads of range. That's true. But if you live one hundred and fifty miles away from work, if you, you live, you, <laughs> you live one hundred and fifty miles from your job, and you do you know what that Astra I bought all those years ago? Do you remember the guy actually did that? Yeah. But and so used... to him, he'd have to charge it up over fifty percent. So he's got to now either charge it up overnight and not do anything else in the house. So yep. he needs to make sure he's charged his phone first, because otherwise the alarm won't go off and he'll miss work anyway. Yeah. So he's he's got to charge up overnight. Nothing on in his house. Yeah. Nothing at all. No clocks. No. He's got to turn the fridge off. Oh yeah. Have that running. No, but you don't want so the all, the, all the milk's gone off in the morning. <laughs> well, just up. blow on it. Oh, just. I know you have hot the, air the, in the your breath, the don't residual, you? The residual, the residual cool air should keep it. Yeah. Cool no, overnight. Leave it outside in the winter. Got yes. Done. Okay, so you can own this car in the winter if you're happy to well, store bat- all of your meat, meat, dairy products and milk outside. There's a problem that battery range is less in the winter, so you need to be oh. charging more. I, I, but I, then I'd, I'd like to be positive, but I'm, I'm seeing more negatives to my life. I'm going to have to move around the hemispheres to keep in with the decent weather. Yeah, that's fine. You could do half a year in Australia and do half a year here. Yeah, it, it's almost, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm being silly here, because I, I think all my points have been very valid and very sensible. 
I <laughs> think it would almost be worth buying a car that isn't this. Right. And keeping my current lifestyle. Do you know what I would have, so what I wrote for this was uh, Jaguar I-Pace was the car you wanted. If you do want to go electric and you want an SUV. Well, yeah, it's just as ugly, so. Uh, well, the, the in comparison is, to this. In comparison, it's a nicer looking car. And that's damning for this car. Um, the, the thing is, uh, the, the big point I want to make here, again, it's not knocking an electric car because there's several that sound no, like. No, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not that. It's, it's just this particular car is it's idiotic. A, what I don't like that to have the range, their answer wasn't, how can we get more miles from each battery cell? No, it each was kilowatt how many hour, more batteries how, can we yeah, put in? Yeah, could we get to seven per kilowatt hour? Could we get to eight miles? Maybe we can get to nine miles. And then you yeah. only need a small battery pack and it's, it's problem solved. Instead, what they've done is said, stick a tonne worth of battery in. So it's 105 kilowatts and that'll have a huge range. And and, then, and BMW, by the way, are not the only... You know, Tesla, no, they're not. Yeah, Tesla have been doing, doing this for ages. And, um, we, we've Audi, picked, we picked an extreme example. And we've maybe made up an extreme scenario. <laughs> I just, I don't actually, because I said to you at the time, the new Range Rover, the, the new one that's come out now, yeah, is lighter than this vehicle, which is insane. Which you know, a Range Rover, Rover, classically the biggest car on the road. Yeah, for for the UK at least. Yeah. You know, if you're in the US and you listen to this, yeah, you can go and buy a Cadillac well, Escalade or go a, buy many things or an F three fifty truck. Yeah, but you know, the, for large vehicles, no one looks at a Range Rover and says that's small. No. That's a big vehicle. And for the new one to be the entry one, uh, they will do a battery version of the Range Rover, I think, eventually. And no doubt that will weigh, well, probably more than this. But Possibly, but I think they, they might, fingers crossed, that they'd be the company that started to try and do it right. I'd hope so, because they've already got... So at some a... point, somebody's got to go, well, instead of just putting more batteries in, we are going to see if we can eke a bit more out of each battery. Get more efficiency from the battery. No, so if someone can get to 10. This is why I think... I don't know what's physically possible. But no, but this is why I think it's so important that we start as consumers saying, what do you want, what, how many miles do I get per 10 kilowatt hours? Not what's the total range. Tell me how many miles I get for every 10 kilowatts. Because if it's got a 50 kilowatt battery or a 500 kilowatt battery and it weighs 7 tonnes, that, for you, what you're paying for is range. Yeah. So... If a manufacturer says, we've cracked it and we've got nine miles per kilowatt hour, and you're like, wow, I can travel 90 miles yeah. for every 10 kilowatt hours. If electricity is 15p, that means for £1.50, I can travel, you know, 90 miles. Well, could, you could do your commute for the week. Yeah. Well, then, perfect. Then And you're not then concentrating on this figure, which is total range, which can kind of be cheated a little bit by just putting a bigger battery. Well, right, you're so the same, one paying. Same with, um, with fuel. Yeah. If it got to the stage where they could say, well, this, this car's got a 700-mile range. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's going to cost you £200 to fill it up. Well, Bentleys. Yeah. Bentleys well, had 22-gallon yeah. ta- tanks in some of them. Yeah. So, yes, the range is 400 miles. But it's going to cost you a, hold on, a lot 20, more. <laughs> nearly 100 litres of fuel. That's horrific fuel economy. Currently, that is going to be £200 yeah, but in some places. But it's masked. As I say, your average Bentley owner of 10 years ago. Yeah, they're not, they're not too fast, but... The, the, the point to all that was, so actually it takes us on to another another question, which um, I'm going to save that uh, particular question for the other, for our next podcast. The one question that did come in, and it was one that I had actually spoke to you about, and I thought, oh, this is, it, it wasn't asked exactly as I wanted it to be asked, but I can't insist that people ask questions that <laughs> you I can't answer. start editing listener questions no. just to suit your narrative. <laughs> um, but it was Rory, and he, he was talking about luxury cars, and he sort of said, when, you know, when's the next sort of electric luxury car coming along? Because... Bentley and uh, Rolls-Royce, they're all talking about it. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of uh, journalists say, oh, well, 
it, w- it will be perfect for luxury cars because all people want is a smooth ride, and so electric suits that silent engine smooth ride. Well, well, it's true if you've got a Rolls Royce, I suppose, but that's probably the only car that. Why I'm... would you buy? If say you had all the money in the world, why would you buy a Rolls Royce? What would what tempt you over buying a smart two seater? Well, because it's a Rolls Royce. Okay, it's about... what about it being a Rolls Royce? Uh, I guess the luxury, the smoothness, and I guess the quietness, because I know how quiet Rolls Royces are. They yeah. demonstrate on the Grand Tour, I think, yeah. and they did a, They started it up, and it was basically silent. Yeah, you could put a 50p on the engine piece and yeah. stuff like that. I don't think, for me, there'd be much... I'm not a massive Rolls Royce no, fan, so I don't think I'd the buy engineering? Them, yeah. So, yeah. at the minute, to me, because I, I quite like watches, Yeah. and it, when you... I mean, I haven't got the money to go and buy a... Really, really no, expensive. You've got watch. a decent watch collection. Yeah, like, all your watches are quite of, interesting. Yeah, uh, they, they might not be the most expensive, but I try and buy stuff that's a bit interesting. Now, and, and when you got your nice watch for your birthday, yep. I said, Oh, that's interesting because it's a proper mechanical watch that you got. Yes. And which I didn't know at the time. No. <laughs> and what was, what for me is actually interesting about watches, because if you could just go and buy a Casio for £10 somewhere, it will tell the time better than any mechanical watch you can buy. Yeah, because it's digital, it just it will always know exactly the time. Whereas a mechanical watch will always be a second out, half a second, two seconds. It will lose a yeah, bit and of if time you, if you don't wear it for a couple of days. You then got to rewind it up yeah. because it's stopped. Yeah, and you have to go and serve which it I every few, to, which I have to do. Yes. <laughs> and every time I wear the watch, I've got to reset it. <laughs> you genuinely also have to service them every X number of years. Oh dear. Well, you well yes, you do. Oh okay. But I would have thought you. Could I'll, probably... re- I'll rely on you to let me know. Yes. That needs to happen. Yours, yours spends so much time. Um... Speaking of watches, <laughs> uh, that was completely accidental. I set a timer for our podcast. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is that the reason people go and spend outrageous amounts of money on a Rolex is partly because it's got Rolex written on it. Yeah. But the other side is there's this idea of well, it's engineered so well, and they'll Rolex go to an effort, and Omega do the same, and all the big yeah. brands. To sort of show to people, look at all the inner workings. Yeah. Now, Casio can sell you a better, for a timepiece mm-hmm. that's accurate, they sell you a better thing for yeah. a tenner. Yeah, that's fair. But people want to spend £15,000 on a Rolex, which won't tell the time quite as well, only marginally. But Not so you'd notice. But because it's got all this inner workings and all this amazing engineering. Now, if you go to Rolls-Royce and they say, sir, we have a... Six litre V12 that delivers power like this, and you could put a 50p on the bonnet and just sit there and rev the engine, it doesn't move. Yeah, then they lose that because they say, Well, it's got a battery pack like a Nissan Leaf, yeah, but it's no, more powerful fine. and it has more range. And look at how luxurious it is. It's, it's sort of like, Yeah, I know, but the thing that really made you, yeah, stand out from a, a bog standard, you know, runaround is that your engineering. Not just for the suspension or for the engine, but for the whole vehicle from top to bottom, stood out. Yeah, no, that's fair. And now you're taking a big part of that away, and I'm just not sure for your luxury buyer, what do you brag about? Oh, my two hundred and fifty thousand pound car has got a bigger battery than yours. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, not even necessarily just for the luxury. I mean, I know, Koenigsegg have basically said they're not at the moment. They have no plans to make an electric Koenigsegg. No, I think which they... is good. I think they might do a bit of hybridisation. Yeah, well, that's not that's not an issue. I don't think there's anything wrong with. No, well, you're just boosting the power. Yeah. Giving, if anything, yeah. you're doing boosting the power, giving a bit more range. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you, would you want to buy an electric Koenigsegg? This you're, is you're a... losing all of the what is that car's USP? Which yeah. is his engine and its engineering yeah. and the thought that's gone into it. If you want that, you go and buy a Rimac. 
If well, Rimac. Buy Rimac at the moment, this is the thing. It's Rimac obviously bought Bugatti. Yeah. So the next Bugatti that will come out that will be the super, you know. Well, I think Bugatti have kind of lost their way a little bit now. When they bought out the Veyron, yeah, it was the Veyron, and yeah. that was what you got. And then they bought out the Super Sport for that, and then they bought out a couple of other things. Now there seems to be a new Bugatti every five minutes. Oh, like a new version of the one they're selling. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. They've got about three or four in their so range. The they they had has, one. Yeah. Now they've got the Devo, and they've got other things like this. Yeah. So but they're sort they, of one-offs of the well, not one-offs, but they've they gone down the Pagani route. Yeah, where you make eighty-five different versions of one car. Yeah, but this is the problem when you when they, they the the thing is they can sell them because there's a lot of people. Well, of course they can, and it's bizarre to say there is a lot of people with millions to spend. Yeah, on basically a four-wheel mode of transport. Well, that's why you don't see things like Koenigseggs. You see Bugattis around. Yeah, you don't see Koenigseggs that's around big. as much. I think Koenigseggs just are limited to the idea of they know, and this is where Ferrari and Porsche have got themselves into a little bit of trouble with McLaren. Is that why Why would you want to buy one? Well, there's lots of reasons for speed and all these sort yeah. of things. But if you bought a Ferrari, I don't know, 40 years ago, you genuinely would have been the only person around that yeah. you would have known yeah, to yeah, own exactly, a Ferrari. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Ferraris are 10 a penny. No, but you do see them about... I've noticed when I'm driving down the motorway nowadays, I won't be like, oh my God, there's a Ferrari. It's like, oh, there's a Ferrari. There. Yeah. And McLaren got in some trouble with this because they overproduced because they were trying to make... Well, they've got about 85 different... Variants, well, and then nice. and it hurts the residual value. And this is the thing with Ferraris; it hurts the residual. So if you've got if you've sold four hundred in one country in one year, yeah, and then those four hundred customers decide next year to buy your new car, mm-hmm. well, there's only four hundred on the market, yeah, plus any that might have come through. But the maximum you can have of that previous year is four hundred, and there'll be a few that have been crashed. Yeah, so I think this is. That. I think Porsche falling down more with this because so, I I don't. I don't yeah, I like, I've always liked Porsches. Porsches have always been like my aspirational brand that would be feasible to own at some point. Yeah. I've always wanted to own a Porsche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There but now, I, I still like, I, I see one and I'm like, ah, oh, it's a really nice car. But if one drives past me, yeah. I'll be like, oh, it's a Porsche. Well, is this because, because there's so many of them around? Yeah. Them? And they have the, the uh, Macan and they have the Cayenne. And the, what's the electric one? Taycan. There's so many of those around. Yeah, well, there which are. Which is a nice car, yeah, but it yeah. doesn't stand out to me anymore because I see them all the time. It's like a Vauxhall Astra driving past. So it. I think part of this is that these companies are now publicly owned. Yeah. So Ferrari is obviously on the stock market. So well, it's, it's all about making money for the share. They've got to, they've got to sell cars and have and they have cars. to have this increase. This is what I don't think some people who are in those shareholder meetings get. The way to keep your profit level is not to keep trying to make it higher. No, you want a bit of mystique about your brand. You, you have to. Because after a while, people say, the reason I wanted a Porsche was because of how well-engineered it was and how exclusive it was and how special it was. Now there's, you know, if you live in a particularly wealthy area, every other house has one. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to go and buy something else from someone else. Well, even with Bugatti now. So it's not, I've got a Bugatti because it's the fastest car in the world and it's got 18 radiators and it's got a W12 engine. It's... I've got a Bugatti because it costs one point five million pounds. I think it's two point. Well, yeah, two. No, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. The, yeah, the, the, but just the to main, show how... the main top trump card now is how much does it cost? Yeah, and the worst thing it's is it's not how fast is it? How how well engineered is it? It's... The, the worst thing is that some of these manufacturers, and I think Ferrari and Porsche are particularly uh, guilty of this. You can't walk into the dealer that you and I. Yeah, I know Porsche really pushed back on this and said no, you can, but. There's the difficulty, I would say at least, walking into the dealer and say, "That you know, super one that you make, mm-hmm. I want you know, the, the exclusive one that you have available for one year." So GT3 RS for a Porsche, or yeah. some of the the really exclusive Ferraris. I'm I'm not saying the average person could save up to do it, no, no. but 
there was a story years ago of a guy in Italy and he bought his uh, Lamborghini Murcielago and he was 67, 68. Okay. And he'd been saving since the age of 20. Wow. Paid off his house when he was about 30. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, he'd been saving and putting a bit of money away here and there. And he sold everything else but his house. And through his retirement, he had a Murcielago. Wow. So he got to that point. He's like, I want to own one one day. He went to the deal and he went and bought one. Now, the problem is to get those, the top echelons of these cars. Yeah. Most places say uh, you need to buy another one first. Okay. So if you want this special one, you need to. You can't just go in and buy it. You have to. You say, I want to buy a GT4 RS. Oh, well, there's a waiting list of 18 months. So you can join the back of that list. Right. Uh, the people on that list, we'll be honest with you, have bought four cars from us in the last three years, five years, whatever it may be. Right. Now, what does the dealer do? Not the manufacturer. So I know Porsche have been quite clear to say, no, we do not push for this. Well, that's no, fair enough. the dealer want to keep their custom from the chap that's bought. I used to have a good relationship at a Mazda dealer with people to make sure that if they came in and they were a lovely couple used to come in every two years. Yeah. And they used to buy two cars. And he would come in, and he had a fun car that he would have, right? which was usually at the time an RX-8, but he would buy stuff from our used section as well. Okay. He just liked our dealer, he liked the people there. You can bet when he walked in and said, oh, we've come to replace our cars, well, you'll get, you know, it, it doesn't, yeah. I don't care if you want an exclusive colour or something that's difficult to get hold of, I'll find it for you. Yeah, so it, you'd have the RX-8. Um, uh, R3 was R3, the latest yeah. one we had, the PZ when that was new. I mean, he had, just, and it wasn't that he was a particularly wealthy guy yeah he was obviously wealthy enough to be able to do this yeah but, but he had the relationship with yeah he, he just like anything you know if you have, if you have a hairdresser and you go there every couple of weeks and you get a relationship with them you'll keep going to that hairdresser and there yeah. could be a cheaper one that opens up across the street but you know, or... they'll, they'll, they'll fit you in I, I, I had it i had a good relationship with the hairdresser and on the days when i was desperate for haircuts she would say well just come if you can come to my house i'll do it there Okay, yeah, there you or, go. you know, yeah. I'll, I'll keep the shop open an extra 15 minutes if you're running late from work. Yeah. So you would, and so if, if someone else said, oh, we can do it cheaper, you'd be like, no, 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 no. it's fine. I, I now have a very good relationship with my hairdresser. Yeah, I know. It's my partner, yeah. <laughs> but it's just the point to say that these relationships are built. And at the minute, because uh, companies are keen to sell as many of these cars as possible, there is a little bit of, well, to own this, you need to have this one as well. And then we've sold two cars. And yeah, then we've see, got twice the profit. Right. Ferrari, I think, a bit more guilty of it than Porsche, but you know, the, uh, McLaren just as much. And yeah, um, but I think the mystique's such a thing as well, just for having interest in your company. I remember when, because there's a, a Porsche dealer near where we both live. Yeah, there is. When yeah. I was younger, oh, I remember making my mum on a Saturday take me up there because I knew they had a Carrera GT on site. I did that just to go into the showroom yeah. and just look at it. Yeah, yeah, and look at a GT2. Yeah. And that, but would I go to a Porsche dealer just to look at the cars in the showroom now? Probably not. I think they, what they, again, these manufacturers got to be a little bit careful of as well. They've got to keep friendly and let that happen. Yeah. Because I, I think if you turned up to Porsche dealer and said, sorry, sir, are you here to buy a car? Well, I think that you probably would get a little bit of that. Well, you've got an appointment. <laughs> yeah. This is the trouble is, but if a seven-year-old walks into a Porsche dealer, a Lamborghini, a Ferrari... Well, you go down Park Lane. Yeah. You've got the Bugatti dealer, the Ferrari dealer, the Aston dealer. Yeah. So you walk... If that seven-year-old does that, you've got a chance, not that salesman at that point, because this is a seven-year-old, yeah. but that seven-year-old, you can bet if they get to a point in life where forever, whether it be through good fortune or they get a yeah. great job and it's well-paid or whatever else happens in their life, and they can actually afford to buy that car, they're going to go and buy one. And because probably it, from that dealer. 
Pro- yeah, that's that's why you were remember, as a oh, child. When I was seven, I walked into that Bugatti dealer on Park Lane or yeah. Mayfair, wherever it is. And I remember walking in there and it, it ignited a fire in my soul yeah. or whatever. I'm and the salesman was really jolly with me and he said, oh, do you yeah. want to have a sit in it? And I sat yeah. in this car and I thought, one day, but would one you, day. Would you reckon you could go down to London now and we could walk into all of these dealers? I think there's a Lamborghini dealer down there as well. Do you think we'd be allowed to sit in any car in any of those dealers? Uh, well, we certainly wouldn't know. Exactly, but well, why not? Well, because we'd ter- probably turn up in cotton shorts. shorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, what the question I suppose would be, if we went there with children yeah. and said, look, do you mind if, you know, cousin, nephew, whatever, um, yeah. has a quick sit in this car? I think they'd say no. I'm not sure. What the, I, I Actually, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't want to say that they would say no, but from going, I was in uh, Stockholm a few years ago and they have a, it's not a particular brand because... I guess they can't have, you know, these are very expensive cars. They sm- they sell a very small number of them. Yeah. And so instead of having each dealer, 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 yeah, there's sort of a couple of how a couple of stores that have almost all of them. Oh, okay. So instead of there being a, a Lamborghini idea. dealer, there's one place and it'll have a couple of Porsches, a couple of Lamborghinis, and they they're yeah, selling brand new. Um, and I remember walking in, and uh, was with my cousin and my auntie and uncle and. You know, just having a look around sort of thing. And you kind of felt a little bit like you had eyes in the back of your head. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you know, just burning into the back of your head a little yeah. bit. Like, what are you doing here? And to be fair, to my aunt and uncle, I think there was a there was a 4 by 4 in well, there. they might have been there sort. to actually buy something. This is my uncle. You know, he, he buys brand new Dodge Rams and stuff like yeah. that in Sweden. These are not cheap cars. And it, we went in because they had, I can't remember what it was, but it was a particularly nice European four-wheel driver. You know, it could have been a Cayenne or a... G-Wagon or whatever, and he yeah. was like, I'm going to go have a look at it. Now, this is a man who's got the budget to, to rightfully say that, but of course, you're going to say, well, hold on a minute, there's a Lamborghini, let's have a look at this first. Yeah, and but you get the snobbiness of the salesman. I think there's a lot of videos that you see on social media putting this point across. You're judging people for the way they enter or the way they look, or and they I, don't look like they could afford yeah. it. And I gave the story, I think, on this podcast of that guy worked in London Underground, yes. had sold his plane, yeah, yeah. turned up in almost wearing a bin bag yeah. in his Zafira that looked like it had been driven through a hedge. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm really interested in one of these. I said, come back in a couple of, you know, a few hours, whatever. He wanted to go and get changed. And my manager was like, he's never coming back. And I was like, I think he is. Yeah. Bought the last R3 out of the showroom. Yeah. Well, there you, you go. You cannot... it's, it's a classic tale, isn't it? There's a bloke that turns up in a suit that he's, you know, he's, he's spent all his money on this suit and he's bought up and the, the salesman goes straight over to him. Oh, what can we do for you, sir? Yeah. Get you a cup of coffee. And the bloke turns up in just a... You know, a knackered pair of jeans and a t-shirt, and they're like, yeah. "Sorry, sir, are you here? To, do you have an appointment?" And he's actually a millionaire. And he's actually got a bag full of cash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's yeah. there to buy something. The other guy's there just to to pose. But it, it comes back to so the, the original point to this was whether because Bentley have already said they're going to go electric in right. in a few years' time, and yeah. they're going to go fully electric. And I thought, why would a Bentley customer today? Because you remember they they sold the Bentayga in a diesel. Yeah, they dropped it after eighteen months. Do you want to yeah. well, guess no, why? Well, nobody bought one. Nobody bought one. No. no, not not many Bentley owners. Like, oh, really? I can get an extra ten miles to the gallon. Oh, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Like, if you've got, I want the rumble from the engine. That's the thing you want with that and car. You're buying a car that depreciates horrendously. Yeah, brand new. Mm-hmm. Your worry is not saving fifteen quid to a tank of fuel. No, not at all. Uh, or even if it's fifty. To attack. You, you really, I don't think if it was 150 no, quid, I'm not sure I mean, Bentley owners when, when you opened your eyes in bed that morning, your car depreciated by hundreds of pounds. So yeah. if you were worried about these sort of things, you'd buy something else. Yeah, exactly. So I just wonder whether these buyers are actually going to say, oh, I'm still taken in by the brand when 
it's like Range Rover. They sell on the idea this vehicle, sir, can go up a mountain. Now, great. Yeah. That will suit me for that one time I drive onto the football pitch to take my kids there. Yeah, exactly. When I have to go in the winter to drop him off at football training, yeah. that'll be fine because it's a, it's slightly moist on the yeah. ground. I, I can see Underfoot it. is slightly damp. Yeah, there's, there's a slight glow of white. Yeah. So there, there's a, a squelch when I put my foot on the floor. <laughs> so what it, he's not doing is driving up Kilimanjaro. <laughs> no, but he wants to know that the product he bought... Can. Like, as in, all the press pieces are, well, here's our vehicle, as you can see. All we did to it was put on the, the smaller wheels, which you can buy. Yeah. Because we wanted to have a thicker tire sidewall as possible because it's got to go deep into a forest. Yeah. And we went up this mountain, got to the top of it and came back down. That that is what sells to yeah. people. So Which really, no no one's buying one of those to do that every day. They'll be driving to the local school, dropping off the kids, driving to work, and then doing the same in reverse on the way home. Yeah. But like you said, they'll want to know that if they want to, they could. If they want to go on a camping holiday, they can drive to the site where they're going to camp if yeah. they want to. The, the wettest, muddiest of fields. Where yeah. They say, oh, sorry, guys, um, no, it's flooded, you can't go through. No, that I can. <laughs> I can. I can wade a metre. Yeah. And that's genuinely what the car can do. How yeah. many people are wading through a metre of water? Almost no one who buys a Range Rover, especially the big markets, which are Los Angeles, yeah, places exactly. like that. But it can do it. But it, Yeah, and so that's why I just wonder if for these big luxury brands, them going to electric and then saying, well... It's okay, we're still our luxury, we still offer all of this and that and the other. And you go, yeah, I know, but you kind of, it's it's a bit like that Casio example. I wear a, a Casio G-Shock. Yeah. Which is a watch, it's sort of the... Uh, the it's, largest watch I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's Casio saying, look, it's got uh, some elements that are not electronic, some elements that are electronic, but it's used for, you know, you can go into a I don't know, mountain range or something and climb with it, and it should be fairly indestructible. Yeah. Now, you know, you can bang it against a rock as you're walking up the yeah. mountain. And, and when I knocked it against the door, when I got up from the office the other day, I thought, oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a real world example. Yeah, but uh, I bought the watch because I quite like the look of it. It was Yeah, whereas mine, if I'd knocked it against them. You'd be staring at the going, corners and then you'd oh, be like, oh, the, the screen's broken. <laughs> yeah. So this is why I just wonder if there's a little bit of, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, luxury cars, they can just go straight to electric. It'll be no problem. It's like, well, you're thinking of the buyers? Yeah. What are the buyers buying on? And they probably do like the fact that there's a man or a woman who's going to come along, service their car with a pair of white gloves on, yeah. and say, or, or take the car to the service centre and say, there's your thing. And when they start the engine in the morning, it's got that thing of perfect start, lovely sound to it, everything else. But yeah. anyway, uh, next question I'm going to put to the next podcast. Oh, okay. Have we got anything else for this one, Sam? Uh, I don't think so. Are you sure? It's so your last chance. I shall, I shall let my last chance come and go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We will do, let's say, another question in the next one. We've got a couple of things we want to cover off as well. We were talking about ranges of vehicles, but we've done quite a lot of that in this podcast. So I might save that for one. Plus, they've had a great tale. They have. of, of a, a, a masterful rugby tale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll try and be as... Well, I'm hoping Sam will bring the entertainment into the next one as well. <laughs> well, it's the only thing I do bring. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you in the next one. Cheers. Cheers.